Well, all right. Let's just get started then. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts, but we're not going to be critics. We're not going to throw numbers at you. We're just going to be asking at the end of the movie, So Did You Like It? I am Sir Square, and I'm joined always with my co-host. And I'm Bagel Cause, brought to you by the NPR universe. Ooh. I'm definitely going to have to <laughs> donate to that. And this week, we watched Everything Everywhere All at Once, directed by the Daniels, written by the Daniels, starring Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Hsu, and the triumphant return of Kei-Hui Kwan. Evelyn, I'm not your husband. I'm another version of him from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you. Be your only chance of stopping it. He's waiting in the wings. The universe. He speaks of senseless things. Is so much bigger than you and me. Than you realize. This is a story about a woman's midlife crisis at the time of her daughter's identity crisis, at the time that her husband's quest to show her the spark that is still within their marriage while facing on the multiverse itself. It is a beautiful film that uh, explores existentialism, nihilism, and Asian American identity. And to start off, I have to say this was like that movie that made me sound super pretentious when I kind of just burst into Romeo and Juliet saying like, I have seen the greatest movie of all time and I can never see another movie again. And then immediately fell in love with Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah, it was it was so great. You can tell when when this movie first came out is when we were first recording the podcast episode for Romeo and Juliet. And right before, no, it was before we started watching the movie that Wednesday. And yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah. I don't know this, this movie being a shit show. This should be fun. And then you come in like, I can never like a movie ever again. As well as I like this one. I'm like, <laughs> oh, glad we're going to watch this shit fire then. <laughs> then it turned out to be perfect. But anyway, I just am really excited though because I really always wanted to show you this movie after I saw it. Uh, but I know you're not one to really go to the theater. So I knew it was going to have to be kind of a podcast choice. And to finally be able to show it to you after the kind of buzz for it has died down, I'm excited like to get your opinion on it. Um, like because I know it's always weird to explore the multiverse. It is a wacky concept in and of itself. But this is definitely one of my opinions. Like more a more interesting take on this wacky concept. Yeah, generally I don't like um, infinite universe uh, storylines because it's one of those. You know, oh, if anything and everything can happen, then what What does anything really matter kind of thing? Because it's usually just, like, uh, my go-to punching bag for this is, like, Bioshock Infinite, because I always come back to games on this movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is um, 
Yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, this was the one time in this in the infinite universes where you made this decision, and that's what caused the branch and all this chaos. I'm like, <laughs> it's infinite times, and it's like, oh okay, to solve everything, we just need to kill you at this timeline at right now, and everything's fine. Everyone's life is happy. I'm like well, that sucks. <laughs> it really makes me feel like a piece of shit. Oh my gosh, because like you're, you're right, the, the the multiverse is always it's always weird, you know, because like when you're a teenager and you're introduced to the multiverse theory, you already think of like the dumbest things. And then you start growing with that concept, and you start really thinking about that concept. And you get a film like, you know, Doctor Strange, uh, uh, The Multiverse of Madness, which which is fun, and Sam Raimi does, like, a great job uh, making this concept good for a comic book movie. It is still, you know, it, it can get a little, I feel, stale in the concept of it. But with this movie, I think what helped push it forward is just that from the beginning, beginning of it when they introduce the multiverse it is ridiculous because you have to make a choice that is so different or so opposite of any choice you'd ever make that it slingshots your mind uh by using a uh close to universe into a different universe so then you can take their feelings and abilities in your universe while also experiencing both at the same time confusing i know they also admit that it's confusing and by weird choices we're talking about like you need to eat an entire stick of lip balm eat the booger off of someone's face piss your pants is always a great jumping pad eat a jade frog <laughs> pass a jade frog stick a, a workplace statue in your asshole Stick a what seems to be child's trophy up your asshole. <laughs> Basically, what we're saying is this film has everything for everyone. It's perfect. It's beautiful. All at once. All at once. But no, let's get serious here. Uh, <laughs> not really. This movie also, gotta say, I really love all the actors in this movie. I think they gave a wonderful performance. I thought the comedy was really hitting for some reason. I just want to really kind of get your opinion on this movie though i'm more interested in what you have to say on it because i i'm a i'm a little afraid that like i until we get to the parts where we're where we want to talk about some flaws um i'm just gonna be gushing about this movie and i don't want to be i don't want to bore you oh that's fine gush away my my first i think question and only only observation of this movie was is that Jamie Lee Curtis? <laughs> when I first watched it, I was like, is that? Which, I'm not going to lie, this is this is probably going to be one of my favorite Jamie Lee Curtis performances now. That's right, seeing her between, like, fighting Michael Myers, like, for the past, like, two years. Um, she comes out and does something like this. That's fun. She really committed to this, too. The amount of weird shit she had to, had to do with sausages. What gave it away first? <laughs> Part when she, uh stapled a bagel drawing to her forehead or when she drop kicked a man out a door the part where she tried to drop kick a lady in the face and get flung off a balcony and the caption said bagel deidre because <laughs> we're watching with subtitles obviously because you know that's just how we watch movies so everyone should watch movies um and yeah i was like did that say bagel deidre screams or something like that and you're like, don't worry about it. And that's when I predicted the entire plot of the movie. I was a little bit nervous by that. I was like, wow, subtitles. Thanks for messing that up. But you know what? 
You know what? Did did it matter that you had guessed the movie? Not really. By complete hack and happenstance, I was like, because people were throwing, you know, as we do, we watch these with some people. Yeah. And, you know, we had some people throwing out their guesses, be like, oh man, I'm so good. I'm calling like so much this movie. And it's like, you know, little stuff here and there. Not so much plot, just so much as uh, how this situation is going to resolve kind of stuff. And so I was like, well, let me just be an asshole and just predict everything. Just why not? And so I was like, you know, the whole multiverse thing, none of it, it's all just a big metaphor for this lady who's just struggling in her life with her divorce and, a, you know, losing her kid and all that stuff. That's all it is. And it kind of is, pretty much. But, and then I even <laughs> predicted that, the, what did I say? Oh, I said, oh, no, they're all beholden to a bagel overlord. <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to come up with the most ridiculous thing I could come up with. But you know when you saw that bagel, you thought to yourself, I would jump into the middle of that bagel. That bagel was too burned. (laughs) No, man, that's just what happens when you put everything on a bagel. Because when you put everything on the bagel, you're also implying that you've put all color in one place. And that means you've just created the deepest shade of black. I have to say, as a fan of everything bagels, no. They can be delicious. They can be good. And that was just a sesame seed bagel. (laughs) Okay, okay, I see where you're coming from, but those did not look like sesame seeds, okay? Sesame seeds have a very distinct seed-like shape. That everything bagel looked like you crumbled up some shit and threw it all on top. Did I just not look and the bagel changed every once in a while from scene to scene? Because <laughs> then it really is an everything bagel. No, it just stayed an everything bagel, because we all know what an everything bagel looks like. I, I was, because uh, I was thinking, like, yeah, it looked like it maybe could have had stuff, but it just looked like weird flakes that were disconnected from anything. Then we get to zoom in, and I was like, all I see is sesame seeds. That's all I saw. But you're wrong. It's not a sesame seed bagel. If anything, if anything, it is a really burnt, terrible, awful sesame seed everything bagel. Either way, I will compromise. Either way, it's an inedible (laughs) bagel. Either way, I would never touch this bagel with my tongue or any sense of palate. I don't know. I think my sense of nihilism might lead me to eventually wanting to go into the bagel. (laughs) That's cool, man. We explore nihilism in this movie. Yeah, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about uh, multiverses. Just like, yeah, nothing seems to really matter, generally. And like... When you're a kid and you think of the multiverse, or at least I'm speaking at purely anecdotal as a very nihilistic person right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as a kid, you're just like, oh, wow, the multiverse, that means anything's possible. There's a, there's a universe where, like, I'm rich. There's a universe where, like, uh, this and that, whatever. And now I'm just like, yeah, it's, I'm sure there's a universe out there where I'm happy and doing good, but I'm some, just some schlub right here. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it makes you, like, really kind of like the uh the universe where everyone's like ever like they're just rocks they're just rocks sitting on a cliff looking out and just being a rock and sometimes i think to myself like man what would it like be like to just be a rock i am a rock right now it doesn't matter no i really like that moment when like everything is just crashing down on her and like her response is just collapsing into this just boulder form and then, which leads to, like, one of the more deeper conversations between the main characters, whose name is Evelyn and Joy, or Jobu Tubaki, uh, when she is her, like, alter ego, uh, multiverse of everywhere person. But they talk about, like, life and, like, a point in the universe, and if life is just all just a big joke. I know we're talking about nihilism here, and... 
I think one of the things that this movie talks about is about the youth here and how a lot of us right now are nihilistic. Because I'm not going to lie to you, Kaz. Like, I think the exact same thing. Like, it's hard sometimes <laughs> to, like, get up and do anything when, like, some of the things that the youth feel like we're facing. And it's it's easy to relate to that with joy. But then this is also a film that shows someone who has lived the life that technically, like, even though it might not have been the same type of stress we have, sometimes it's okay to realize that your parents never honestly knew what the hell was going on either, and they're just as confused as you. But with a little bit more time, Joy or Evelyn was able to see uh, even though sometimes like it's hard to see reason in some of our choices, even with like the relationship she has with her daughter, she cannot deny that she would never want to be anywhere else than with her because she loves her. Because sometimes when like you're faced with the choice of accepting there's no reason to it all, you can also make the choice to except you can make your own reason for it all and your own choice to see what you want to see and perceive how you want to perceive it because the film can also make an argument that perception is key in what you want and what you see i'm so glad that was when like the integral like the deep philosophical moment was because i i think before that it was just a bunch of action scenes of like yeah she's going into a another universe to get some skills to fight these people and do that and have all these cool so i was like now seems as good a time as any for me to like take a pee break and go get booze and i come back and i just see talking rocks and apparently i missed the most philosophical part of the movie like <laughs> oh yeah it's just a dumb action scene and then shit <laughs> <laughs> well no i mean like the ending too because i remember like when she like that moment when like she lets joy go but then stops her when she before she drives away and says just like you know, like, all those things about, like, that can be really perceived as mean. You are getting fat. And you never call me, even though we have a family plan. And it's free. You only visit when you need something. You got a tattoo, and I don't care if it's supposed to represent our family. You know I hate tattoos. And of all the places I could be, why would I want to be here with you? Yes, you're right. It doesn't make sense. Maybe it's like you said. Maybe there is something out there, some new discovery that will make us feel even smaller pieces of shit. Something that explains why, no matter what, I still want to be here with you. But then also then explains exactly why she would want to be there with her. And it just... It was good because even Joy tells her dad to like not to like stay out of it because she needs to say what she's about to say because Joy, everything she said was everything Joy was also looking to hear because she was at a part of her life where like she she was trying to find her identity because she now she understood her own sexuality. She needed to find mm -hmm. out who Joy was and that means reestablishing her relationship with her mother which is one of the most difficult parts because Evelyn is so traditional. So to finally just say all this to her 
and to also still tell her no matter what i still love you and you are my joy and i'm always going to accept you for who you are joy was finally able to break down those walls to be joy again jobu leaving and letting a woman become a woman the woman she's meant to be that was really funny in their first encounter and she's like fucking up all these guards and shit and like i forgot her mom says something about <laughs> her mom tells her something about like you know mentioned something about you know you're the reason my daughter thinks she likes girls yeah and then her whole response to her is just like wait that's all you're hung up on this universe is that i'm gay like honey <laughs> like Please, with how big the universe is and how big the multiverse is, you have got to realign your priorities here. I had a fundamental... I missed, I guess, one part in the ending that gave me a fundamental different view of what the ending was, and you told me I was completely wrong, but I was kind of disappointed because I kind of liked, like, I guess, what would have been the assumption, the more ambiguous assumption of what I thought, because when she went into the bagel as Jobu, I was like... Uh, I didn't see her pull her back out. I thought that she had gone in. Um, and so as they're doing that montage of showing that and they're going to different uh, universes where different outcomes are happening, you know, there's one where she happily lets her go kind of thing. There's one where she I don't even think she has her because she's too busy in her weird sausage relationship. Uh, and then there was the one where, you know, went the rock where she jumps in or she, she jumps off the cliff and then she jumps after her or... Uh, Evelyn jumps after her, mm-hmm. and then I thought, oh, we have the we you know have it conclude with this one where this is a universe where she lets her go and she goes and to never see her again kind of thing. And I was just in my mind the kind of tone that that set for an ending was that uh, there just kind of to illustrate that there's many different forms of like outcomes to a solution to outcomes to how things could have been. There's no one right answer. There's no like. If she were more accepting, if she, you know, if she had done more, or if she did just let her go, or if she had taken the plunge with her, you know, no single, like, right solution, and just, in, you know, in infinite universes, all kinds of outcome, you know, every kind of outcome could have happened kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you said she pulled her back, and I was like, oh, okay, so never mind, it's just hopeful, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a boring, good, happy ending. <laughs> hey, man, well, sometimes, like, in a movie like this... It deserves a happy ending. Sure, but I think it would have been more on point to like the idea of infinite multiverse and nihilism and all that stuff that we were addressing. That it's like you aren't always going to have the right answer. Sometimes you won't even have even a good answer. You're right. You you do actually make a good point because if we are talking about the multiverse, uh, any outcome is possible here, and you are you're bringing up a good. A good topic. Yes, some of the Evelyns and some of the Joys reconnect and it's beautiful, but like, what about the ones that technically wouldn't, you know? Because there are those mm-hmm. outcomes out, out there. But then you also have to think about the outcomes where uh, Joy doesn't exist in those universes because Evelyn is either never got, never had a child or maybe never even married at the same time you know or is in a lesbian sausage relationship or is in a lesbian sausage relationship that is very beautiful and i think it's so awesome that they have to get good at things with their feet because watching uh, a pair of feet try to play claire de lune is just awesome it's great i don't know man i I found i found that relationship a little i don't have to say a little unnatural the the whole (laughs) wieners fingers on each other's hands and then you'd be caressing each other with 
pressing each other with each other's feet. And, what? Uh, what's wrong putting with that? Your, putting your wiener fingers and mouths <laughs> and dispensing mustard. I and ketchup. You know, I don't. I don't want to be. A, I don't want to sound like you know some kind of you know zealot or anything. But it just it wasn't natural, man. <laughs> it was. It was wrong. <laughs> Before the eyes of God. <laughs> oh man! Because sausage fingers are so creepy. <laughs> You're telling me that the same God from the Prince of Egypt. Well, no, you're right. You're actually right because it was weird. It was creepy, and like, but let's be, that. It was hilarious though what they did there because the fact that they did like this off-tune, tinny, terrible version of 2001: A Space Odyssey. Well, this like ape with sausage fingers is just continually slapping another ape without sausage fingers, <laughs> and and came out as the dominant species. Every time we bring up this universe, I just I want to explore more of it. I just really want to know everything about it. I don't want to. I I want the sausage universe to be buried far far away. Why? Buried Why? buried somewhere between two buns and sent away to be eaten. <laughs> Why would we want to do that? <laughs> is is there something wrong with sausage Deirdre and sausage Evelyn? Their love is beautiful. Oh no, their love was great. Their hands disturbed me. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the uh, um, the little detail they put in because, like, Deirdre, when you meet her, is an IRS agent, and she has a wrist cast, which I guess would be either for like arthritis or carpal tunnel or some sort of yeah. Like, she has some sort of pain in her wrist or hand, so she wears this this. Uh, wrist cast for it yeah. and when you uh, see this moment where Evelyn, Sausage Evelyn asks her to play something for her on the piano uh, she starts playing Claire de Lune and her foot has a little cast on it because yeah. that's the that's the one that's what she uses and it gets the I guess some some sort of strainage some sort of soreness and that little detail just makes me chuckle man are, are having like carpal tunnel in your feet has got to be the worst. Does it? I mean, yeah. Actually, you know what? Never mind. I resend the question. Sorry. No, don't, don't. No, I don't want. I don't, I don't need to talk you have to about walk it on No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Can we talk about how awesome Waymond is? Waymond's the best. Waymond is the absolute best, and I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not talking about Alpha Waymond. Alpha Wayman is kind of a dick, but every other Way- Wayman basically, oh my gosh, oh you know, just like uh, first he like abandons her, then comes back for her only after she proves himself herself. I think you also have to realize too that like they were married in that Alpha verse, so he totally consented to pushing his own daughter as well. In those experiments to where she became Jobu Tabaki. So... You can imply that, but you don't know. I will just say, out of all the Waymans, he is my least favorite Wayman. Is that okay? Okay, fair enough. All right. I mean, he's really good with the the fanny pack. Really good with the fanny pack. He he does get the plot moving along. Oh, he does. The way he just, like, effortlessly, like... Just like pulls out the umbrella and turns to where you can't see them with the camera through the camera with the umbrella for some reason. 
while explaining all this stuff to her was just sitting in the theater when I first saw this movie was just like it was such an instant change. This movie it it just turned into something else real quick. Yeah. Who did he who was he afraid of watching them? The agents of Jobu Tabaki. Okay. Because he doesn't know which universes might already be uh, being spied on. Okay, fair enough. I also really liked the first fight sequence with him because it was very reminiscent of uh, some of like the older Jackie Chan kung fu sequences. It was so smooth, and it was hilarious the way he uses a fanny pack and then just like does the like invisible seat while also scooping out uh, rocks. From a aquarium to add to his fanny pack. Just the amount of baller energy Wayman has in this moment. It is so good. So good. One of the best uh, fight sequences I've seen of this year. Yeah. I don't know. My brain shuts down with fight sequences. I'm like, ah, oh, there's cool stuff happening. This is fun. Yeah, I remember he was shooting the fanny pack around, and I just remember being like, yeah, I was a weirdo nerd who would, like, sling my little lunchbox around, and <laughs> the teachers would be like, oh, oh that that's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, they just thought, what a fucking loser. The way he just devours that bagel and drinks that, like, heavy cream or half and half. Yeah. In my universe, cows are already gone. So gone. Like, I miss it so much. <laughs> And I'm over here just like, give the man a bagel. He deserves a bagel. Every man and woman deserves a bagel. And then we found out apparently, no, we don't deserve a bagel. Bagels are evil. Yeah, this movie really kind of really makes you reevaluate how you see bagels. Yeah, are you going to get an everything bagel next time you get a bagel? No, I'm not permitted to go to the bagel shop anymore. It's a personal thing, but I don't want to get into it here. <laughs> I got it. All right, all right, all right. We won't judge. We won't dig into that. <laughs> I'm going to come here to talk about movies, not kind of talk about my traumas, okay? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, so. I'm not going to bring that up anymore. <laughs> Tucker, cut that out. Yeah, we just cut out a whole three minutes of me crying. <laughs> just, I, just, I want things to be like they were before. <laughs> me just like, shh, it's okay. It, it'll get there. Shh. You just both have to apologize to each other. No. (laughs) You can do it. You can do it. Just think of the multiverse in which Kaz could do it, and you can do it. Oh, man. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Fuck that go getter motherfucker. (laughs) We also have a great sequence of uh, not just a a fanny pack on on a little buckle, but also a dog. A little shitty dog. on a leash oh yeah jenny slate is in this movie and her weapon is her little uh pomeranian (laughs) on a retractable leash with a harness okay with a harness so only their ribs are being broken that dog seemed durable until the end (laughs) yeah you could definitely tell that this was a fake dog obviously but that woman is horrible and does not deserve companionship it wasn't that universe is her. She was being controlled by I don't know which universe. Bagel, big nose. Oh, okay. That's what Evelyn called her. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I call her Bagel Dog Lady. I want to call her Bagel Jenny Slate, but I can't assume that she's playing herself because that would be really rude. But yeah, she's got this great scene where she's slinging, like flinging around this dog, like kicking it around like as a, some kind of like flail. 
Uh, and at one point, is that when Evelyn's starting to kick ass? Yeah, no, that's when she uh, goes into the uh, Rakakuni universe. She starts, yeah, she starts figuring out that stuff, and she was gonna. I almost introduced myself <laughs> as Rakakuni Kaz. I like Rakakuni Kaz. I want that fan um, art. I'm Bagel Kaz, though. But um, yeah, she is able to like get her like chef skills, sever the leash as the dog's being flung, and fucking just. The movie has great use of slow mo, mm-hmm. like in its action scenes, because um, they're it's they're done for like comedy purposes. It's done, it, it and it's done so well. And yeah, she like severs the 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 cord, and then the dog just gets flung at regular <laughs> speed. Just hits a fucking like partition, flies off, yeets off <laughs> in the distance, and is like kind of makes a little yap. Giant dent uh, within the partition as well. Ooh, yeah. speaking of uh, Rakakuni. Rakakuni is actually uncredited voiced by a singer. Uh, a singer that has done a few film soundtracks. Do you want to do you want to guess who it is? Home soundtracks? Is it like a famous like singer or known for doing mostly film? Uh you would music? mostly know him for doing film. And if you want me to sing a like a give it away song, I can. Uh, it's just kind of ridiculous that they chose this guy, but also very perfect at the same time. I got nothing. Go for it. You got a friend in me. <laughs> I was gonna say him, but I couldn't remember his name, so I was like, I'm not gonna bother. I was like, yeah. I was gonna go with like yeah, the fucking Toy Story fucking singer guy, but I can't remember his name. Uh, Mr. Randy Newman himself. There you go. And like, <laughs> they apparently have the track "Now We're Cooking" that he like uh sang as the raccoon as a track for this soundtrack. Weird. That sounds adorable though. That's a weird sentence to say. It was very adorable. Rakakuni was a very cute story within the but multiverse. But did that ever have a final resolution to it? Did I black out? Yes. So it. Uh, it seems that like Evelyn uh, called animal control and uh, Rakakuni was taken away. What she did first was climb on his shoulders and control him with his hair, just like Rakakuni yeah. would, to run after the truck. But then he fell short because he got yeah. tired. But that's when she learned that you know sometimes the best way to fight is just to you know show love and show kindness and to help people. So then she picks him up on her shoulders and with the power of the multiverse runs faster than a transformer can drive and throws and just yeets this man onto the truck so he can save his raccoon friend. I got surprisingly emotionally invested with Rakakuni, which was just a throwaway like a homegirl in her regular universe couldn't remember the name Ratatouille. Okay, Tucker, I need you to rewatch this entire movie before you edit er, as you're editing this podcast. And then uh, answer if there's resolution to that story. Thank you. If if he's saved, I want to hear you say, yes, they save him. And I want to ding, 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 ding. And if they don't, <laughs> I want you to, I want sad violins as you're like, they never save the raccoon. <laughs> so from everything I can find, it looks like it, it cuts off with him about to land on the truck that's taking away the raccoon. So I think it's implied that he's able to save it, but they don't explicitly say that. So I'm shrugging. <laughs> Should we talk about Evelyn's relationship with Gong Gong, the grandpa? Is that? Oh, okay, I was going to say, like, was that her dad? Yeah, her dad. He sucks. Yeah. I mean, very <laughs> traditional man. It really set the tone when you see her whole life play out before, and it's just like, 
you see her come out of the delivery room just like it's a girl and his face just falls it's like oh oh you're gonna be mm. one of those fathers he's also the reason why she was a little well a little that's why she didn't want to mention her um daughter's friend to him when he came to visit yeah joy was really wanting to explain to her uh grandpa that she had found a girlfriend and her name was becky but joy wanted to hide her own kind of bigotry or evelyn wanted to find hide her own kind of bigotry uh behind her father's bigotry can i also say like i don't know how how well these kids are gonna go considering that it's young love you know probably not gonna go the distance but becky seems like an all right lady yeah becky seems so awesome she's like a girl who's she seems very understanding and she seems nice yeah she just like she always wants to help out she wants to get involved and then even after she's introduced to gong gong at the resolution of the film and gong gong is actually very turns out to be very accepting of becky and uh like holds her hand and then like you see them racing through, like, he's in his wheelchair, and she's running through the laundromat, and they're just laughing together, and you're just like, Gong Gong and Becky, best friends for life now. And I, it's 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 great. Yeah, he's like, like, you just gotta find, you gotta find either that companion, partner, friend, you gotta find a Becky in your life. He's, like, talking to her all excited or whatever, and she's just like, she's excited because his tone seems friendly, and so she's like, what's he saying? <laughs> <laughs> It just got like a very like happy it's, smile. That's about all I can say for Becky because they really don't. She's really not a part of this movie like at all. Oh, we can also say Evelyn is uh, wrong. Becky does not need to grow out her hair. She rocks that shaved side. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, I remember I did say that when we watched the movie. <laughs> she was like, yeah, she was like, yeah, she needs to grow out her hair. I'm like, girl, you are rocking that half shave. Go for it, man. And just so you know, again, <laughs> this movie doesn't take the multiverse serious with these jump pad situations because we did talk about a fight scene with a fanny pack but then we do also have a fight scene where evelyn knows kung fu and uh her opponents know kung fu but then they both lose their little jump pads and cannot connect to their multiverses they were in so they have to find new jump pads and her opponent gets uh information so he turns slowly to the butt plug auditors award for the this irs guy. and starts on this guy buckling his pants pulling down only this his pants guy. not his underwear and kaz has a problem <laughs> kaz take it away like like unless your specific instructions now maybe they are now i think about it i don't think i have a big of a problem <laughs> with this anymore because i'm just like okay he goes for the butt plug because apparently that's his instruction. That's how he's going to get his martial arts skills or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, he pulls down his pants and he keeps his undies on. I'm like, dude, you're going to get like, you're going to fucking eat that. Un oh, those undies, man. And you just don't need the extra stress. If you just need to put a butt plug on your ass, <laughs> then why are you putting extra barriers? Why are you keeping extra barriers in place? And so he goes for it in this whole action sequence where Evelyn moves the butt plug so he doesn't land on it. But another guy lands on it. He gets the butt plug with out his undies. Yeah, like, he's shirt cocking it. See? See? That's what you have to do. <laughs> this guy gets it. But then later on, later on, <laughs> off screen, we see that same guy who, who missed the butt plug. He's the one that has the child's trophy up his ass. <laughs> But he's still wearing the undies. No, he's not. 
So now he's I'm not just, just wearing his undies. At this point, he's still wearing his pants. Oh, I thought he had those around his ankles, but he was still wearing his undies. Oh, he put his pants back his, on. Weren't his, weren't his pants still like unbuckled or something? They were, but he apparently put them back on okay. and just slammed so them straight pants. through. So, so now I just I gotta imagine now. So that's why I had the problem. I was like, look, this motherfucker. He just you had time because she was distracted, so you could have just you know. You could have just shoved that thing in there and had taken, taken your time and gotten rid of the barriers. But now, now that I'm thinking about it, what if his specific instructions, his specific instructions, were that he had to just have a find a way to shove his fucking underwear like five inches up his asshole? <laughs> and so he, so it wasn't the butt plug per se. It was just the most efficient way to do it. So now I'm just like, maybe... Just, just, ma- uh, maybe just a makeshift butt plug cover. Maybe he's brilliant. No, maybe it's just... <laughs> it was the undies. It wasn't the butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it, you have to shove your underwear up your ass. Yeah, it's a weird thing to do when they've said it. So like now I'm just like, maybe this guy was oh, brilliant. I mean, the first thing... I mean, I said it even with a sarcastic tone to indicate that it is a weird thing to say. So like... You're right. You're absolutely right. This you man's do genius. have a case here. Man's brilliant. <laughs> the, man the man with the with brilliant. the fucking trophy sticking out of his ass is a secret genius. <laughs> I would love to find out if they used two different forms of kung fu, and that was the secret too. That like the one, <laughs> like depending on if you're shirt cocking it or if you just have to shove your pants <laughs> underwear. Oh my gosh! I can't believe what I'm saying. That is way. Is way more uh, research than I care to do, but yeah. Either way, their their martial arts aren't as good as Evelyn's, and she uses her like dance moves and shit, and just fucking in this like cool ass like spinning spiral like yin yang move. Grabs both of them like at the same time, like one behind her, one in front of her. Grabs the butt plug as he's going for a like a like a jump kick. The other one's going for a baseball kick, and she just grabs them both, yanks them out, and these. Nice little. Men have to be feeling a certain way. <laughs> it's definitely oh, no, you, yeah, draftier. It's draftier. There's got to be some tearing involved. Those people need to go see some people. Someone has a severe wedgie. <laughs> the genius, right? Yes. <laughs> and he doesn't feel so smart anymore, I'll bet. No, he doesn't. But hey, he tried his best, man. That's all you can ask for. Fair enough. Right? Right? <laughs> but then we also learned that Kung Fu can also be just a pinky, too. And Evelyn gets the buffest pinkies I have ever seen. Maybe I have a thing with a weird thing against fingers. Because, yeah, also the buff pinky I was not a fan of. I just liked how... <laughs> what was it? I think it was Pumpkin that like pointed out that it like used like the Tekken music or like Street Fighter music. Oh, yeah, and I think they would use kind of like the, what was it? There was like a sound effect that they would use that I'm like, oh, that's totally a fighting game thing. I've heard that sound effect for like the beginning or like, oh, no, they made like kind of like that noise you make when you like hit someone with like the baseball bat in Smash Brothers. That kind of, kind of sound. Yeah, that's so, that's what I was thinking about when, uh, when he brought it up. I was like, that's exactly the sound <laughs> I was thinking. I want to get back to Wayman because I want to talk about Wayman's speech best speech of all time the absolute best speech of all time the version of him that says that is that like the one the really smooth wayman that's like out there in the suit or is that like the one that's in the i guess the universe that we're we've been watching well there's two versions of this wayman giving the speech 
There's the uh, one uh, in the universe we've been watching who talks about that he has no idea what's going on. And that all he sees is just people hurting people. Yeah. Just to be kind. To to reach out. To try to understand each other. While at the same time, the Waymond who Evelyn uh, left and became like a movie star instead talks about how she sees herself as a fighter, but so does he. And that his version of fighting is being kind. Yeah. Is being someone willing to reach out, understand, give. Oh, like I said, I got the I got the quote pulled up here if you wanted me to say it. Oh my god, please. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of start around here when I think it was around the time when he was pleading them to stop fighting. Uh, he says, you tell me it's a cruel world. We're all running around in circles. I know that. I've been on this earth just as many days as you. I know you are all fighting because you are scared and confused. I'm confused too. All day, I don't know what the heck is going on, but somehow, this feels like it's my fault. When I choose to see the good side of things, I'm not being naive. It's strategic and necessary. It's how I learned to survive through the years, through everything. I don't know. I think I only thi uh, the only thing I know is that we have to be kind. Please, be kind. Especially when we don't know what's going on. I know you see yourself as a fighter, well, I see myself as one, too. This is how I fight. It's such a good... Like, the whole, like, thing is done, like... As we're jumping through multiverse and, like, slow-mo, and we're seeing the resolution of, like, a lot of different um, spinning plates that the movie has set up. I am just... Every time I hear it, just chills. Like, such amazing writing and so... Like, just so relatable. Like, finally just getting a moment where, like, I was in the... Like, I, I felt... I cried when I first heard this speech. Yeah. I did. I'm a very easily yeah. easy to emotions person. And I mm -hmm. love a film that really reaches out to people and you could tell that's what this movie was doing. And it it felt great. And there are other sequences too, like I know it kind of it it I don't want to sound dark saying this, but like one of the other sequences that are uh, lines that really hits me hard is at the end when Evelyn and Joy are fighting and Joy just screams like, I'm tired and I don't want to mm -hmm. hurt all the time anymore. Oh, man. When I hear that, like, I break a little bit because it's so relatable <laughs> in a lot of, like, exactly. in a lot of people's lives these days. Yeah. Like, everyone wakes up and goes through the day and sometimes just at the end of it, it's just it just hurts and we're all so tired and it just is really hard to see anything else but this movie it just it kind of helps it does mm, i don't know that well yeah maybe you could say it tries to help it in my mind it tries but like i don't know i don't want to say that it's gonna like no one ever wants to tell you that a movie's gonna like help you like yeah. learn anything but like you know it's just a movie that's trying to make a point and and depending on who you are, like, it might be a point you like, you know? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking more along the lines of it. It really illustrates a shared experience um, that you know, use the multiverse for, but it shows an exp a shared experience that's uh, intergenerational, um, inter, like, uh, uh, you know, from other cultures. Like, neither one of us <laughs> are from this culture. Um 
it's relatable, and it's um, an experience, I think, between... I mean, it's mostly centered around our two female leads. Um, but, yeah, it shows, like, both through uh, Wayman's speech and uh, the I'm tired uh, and afraid of breaking or tired of or don't want to break anymore kind of thing. It shows, like, you know, there's just a universality of that kind of uh, feeling. Uh, what I really like about Wayman's speech... That I, the reason why I was like, oh yeah, I definitely want to pull this one up, is it's very, I, I think it's very kind of rare that you find uh, a movie or a speech that illustrates like the strength of kindness. Like you, most people think of like yeah. kindness as a weakness or like a, uh, like a lesser trait or sometimes, you know, you'll have people who equate it to femininity and not something that like, you know, male, you know, either male protagonists or dudes will do kind of thing. Uh, and to show that, like, mm -hmm. Wayman is strong because he's kind, uh, I thought it was, like, a really... That's what made the speech really good and powerful. Yeah, especially since the speech had just, like, come after that moment when, like, that version's Evelyn, uh, or that universe's Evelyn, like, had just stabbed him with a piece of glass. Mm -hmm. um, and And led to Evelyn doing the whole sequence of, like, saving each person by giving them that kindness and reaching out to them and giving them those moments of like love and happiness that they're that they should be able to have you know like like that sequence with the um with the bank manager that has the uh submissive kink oh yeah and so she just like bends him over and gives him a spanking another great use of the slow-mo once again because like yeah we got like these people coming at her and they're charging and shit and we just like as she she is able to access the multiverse in a way that like Previously, I think only Joy was able to do. Um, she's able to just like smack people into another universe where they're in love. And for this guy, she just like bends him over, sees that, you know, we're flashing between that and like the other universe where he's bent over a table and getting like kinky shit. And she just goes to town <laughs> in slow motion on his ass and he's yucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a good comedic use of the slow-mo again uh i was talking to a, a friend who was telling me that they had they couldn't ex when they were seeing that sequence they couldn't explain the emotions they were feeling because it was experiencing two emotions at once because it's just raucous laughter while crying at the same time <laughs> of like the imp like what this movie is implying and like just after wayman's speech and everything <laughs> and I just laugh now thinking about every single step they that she takes up the stairs in slow motion. Like, what was else was one of them? Like, one guy comes in with a grenade and she turns into a perfume bottle that is her his uh, deceased wife's old perfume. So he feels that connection with her again. And you're just like, that's so sweet. Or just putting two people together and... They're married or handing a Kung Fu master yeah. an almond cookie that is exactly from Kung Fu Panda. I I love the <clears throat> the absolute just the how quick it was with that jump with those two people who are married because they're just going in. They look like they're fucking scary and ready to fight, whatever. And then as she just like, kind of takes a step back, <laughs> pushes them together, suddenly they're both like wearing their marriage attire and they go quickly from like angry face and fighting to like, you know, they're just there doing their, their, you know, I do kisses. And it's just like, it was such a, it was such a drastic I, jump. Oh my gosh. His, his outfit too, before it happened, he's like wearing a cowboy hat, glasses, 
trench, <laughs> like black leather trench coat, samurai sword, straight walked out of the Matrix, ready to take on the multiverse. I mean, it's also the same. They also do the same thing with Joy when she's fighting in that hallway. Um, and she just suddenly she just like grabs someone, puts them into a wrestling move, and suddenly they're both dressed as like fucking like luchador type wrestlers. Oh, and he just like falls straight. Oh my gosh, that that scene always gets a reaction out of me when like he makes uh uh when she makes uh the cop throw up confetti and then his head explodes in the confetti. Yeah, Jobu Tabaki is one of the most interesting. I want to say character slash entity. I don't want to say villain because they're too relatable and like it's not that they were even trying to destroy everyone it's just she made the bagel and they didn't like that she made the bagel also the bagel seemed like her way out but i think the reason why she didn't just uh, didn't didn't just take the way out was because she was looking for her mom because she wanted to see if she could find someone who would understand or maybe help her see it differently and that's what the movie does it helps her see it differently because it has to have a little bit of hope, right? Yeah, I guess. They could have just showed a universe where there was hope, but it didn't have to be all hope. Oops, all hope. Hey, man, sometimes you gotta just wake up, <laughs> open that box of oops, all hope, pour that little bit of optimistic milk, no, 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 no. and pour it down the sink because you're late for work and your day's already shit. Yeah, and in the time in the bottom of the box you get a little toy and just a little tiny trophy that looks like a butt plug <laughs> saying haha you actually bought this crap yeah <laughs> mommy what's this oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> so what other things did you like about the movie or you feel like you've kind of tackled everything or is there any um... like other glaring flaws that you want to point out about the movie i mean the problem is i, mean, I can't point out any flaws because the by nature of the how ridiculous the movie is uh there are none because <laughs> it's all either intentionally supposed to be stupid or not make sense uh i missed the whole big cathartic scene with the rock this is a film that's over two hours and i feel like it uses its runtime correctly i never felt like there was a scene that could have really been taken out like everything just kind of flowed very very well. Like, it's a smooth film to watch. Mm. I did like the scene of them trying to hold, um, hold, uh, Jobu from going through the bagel, and then we got, like, you know, Evelyn holding, and then, uh, fucking, uh, Wayman, just, you know, doing what he can. He's just, he's just a guy, and he's just holding Evelyn as well, and fucking Grandpa in a fucking Mac wheelchair. <laughs> Get in the goddamn Mac, Grandpa. <laughs> and then everyone grabs on to grandpa and everyone is helping evelyn pull back her daughter and then joy slash jobu slash all joys decide yes it is okay to exist <sighs> yeah i guess <laughs> yeah, i think because we started with the movie we started the movie with like oh it looks like they're getting a divorce and you know that's part of the whole like crisis she's going through um and i guess they're gonna work it out or talk it out except in the dimensions the universe is where they don't but this one seems fine i guess yeah it's in that one it is implied that it has worked out because uh even that remember like he didn't even really want a divorce he had done the divorce because uh a friend from church told him that he did this with his wife when his wife was losing communication with him like she wasn't communicating 
and he didn't mean like he was never going through with it it's just it finally got her to sit down at the table so they could actually talk their problems out and agree to like move on or not move on but like go to therapy start working on themselves again and really like grow as a couple and that's what wayman wanted he wanted he wanted his relationship with evelyn back by the end of this movie does everyone at least everyone who is there and involved directly with this scene that broke out are they aware of everything that happened or at least everything that happened there in that room like i'm aware they're not aware of the other universes and things happening there but no this couple got slapped and married together. Is that a thing going for? No, because that universe is the universe where Evelyn stays at the IRS. And the universe we see at the end is the universe where Ev- I believe Evelyn left to finish her taxes. Oh, okay. Is that the one we started in? That's the one that gets the conclusion. No, it's the same universe that then has two branching choices, so we see both branching choices during throughout the film. Okay, so we don't even end up in the end in the one we started in. No, we don't, because it's the multiverse. Okay. Well, in the one we started in, did all that just... Is that just a wacky universe now? Yeah, that, that universe is going to have to answer a lot of questions. Alright. So, did you like it? Ah, uh, this a universe somewhere where I really, really liked it, and a universe somewhere where this movie was fucking dog shit, couldn't stand it. Hey, right now where I'm at, Bagel Cos. Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. Good. <laughs> alright, alright. Once again, there's a universe out there where I really loved it way more than I do now, but <laughs> different shades of... There's a universe where you're the one that written yeah, that wrote and direct this film. This is a universe where I'm the guy who doesn't take off his undies when jumping onto a butt plug. About you, Scary. <laughs> so did you like it? I do. I love this movie. I think this is so far the best movie of 2022. And I 100% recommend this movie to all generations. It's it's a Well, I mean, all generations above the age of like 18, I'd say. That's fine. Your three-year-old will pick it up eventually. Yeah, they'll, they'll get it. You know what? Show it to your two-year-old. It's fine. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a great time. You're either going to laugh and just have fun, or you know, you're going to laugh and maybe have an emotional breakdown. We'll see. Either way, you got to give it to the guys. The men that came here and uh, directed the Turn Down for What music video really came through for us here. Yes. So what you got going on in your life, guys? Oh, nothing. Malay. I always ask me. you. Thanks for asking. Check it. No one asks. You know. <laughs> we're um, we're uh, uh well, we're not, this one isn't recorded live, but um, we you could normally find us doing the podcast live on Fridays, the week before it comes out on podcast services at Second Respawn, uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Second Respawn. That's the number two N D in the word respawn. We're normally variety streamers, but on Fridays we do this podcast. So come hang out. We we have fun gaffs and japes and play games. And I'm joined by my co-host, Sir Square. You, you can also find, I think, occasionally. He's going to come back eventually. I know it. Just know it. Uh, actually, no. I think he got a win in Fall Guys the other day. 
Uh, you can catch him at twitch.tv forward slash sir square and that's sir s-q-u-a-r-i-n i got it i don't even have it in front of me this time that's right <laughs> i am a pro gamer as i say no don't quote me on that never mind anyway this uh, uh this podcast comes out edited every week um on any platform that you can find podcasts usually spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher amazon music and it is edited by our good friend tucker who you can find on Twitter at Tucker Wins or follow on Twitch, which he should hopefully be back soon at twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore wins. Plays chess, plays some Sea of Thieves with me. Well, great guy that likes to just do a variety of things. Soothing voice. And uh, next week we are going to be tackling with the guy in the chair himself nan from second respawn he has chosen the movie for us the uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy which i'm very excited i have only ever seen this movie once i don't remember a single thing about it so it's going to be like watching it for the first time yeah me and him both really like that movie i think he likes it way more than i do but it's fun it's got it's got a young martin freeman young age so how do you end something after talking about the multiverse when everything is just so fucking ridiculous? I think we just fire up that loud with another round of shots. Turn down for what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna laugh instead of putting our normal ding 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 ding. He just puts a ding 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 ding.